Hello and welcome to the Autistic Experience, your one-stop shop podcast for neurodivergent news, commentary, random stuff, and quite a lot of brain strangeness. <laughs> You're just going to leave it. Brain. Quite a lot of brain. <laughs> oh, and I'm planning on keeping that pause in. <laughs> just to demonstrate what we're talking about. My name is Kieran, as always, joined by Chloe. Hello. Hello. <laughs> New episodes of this come out every Sunday at midday British time, and you can also go follow us on Instagram at The Autistic Experience for references to all the articles and events we talk about. If you've never listened to the show before, what we like to do is have a look to find any news stories or articles that are about neurodivergent folk written by neurodivergent folk or written for neurodivergent folk. And then also we go and have a look at some of the events which are coming up in the next week in the UK, also for us lot. But for the sake of seeming like human beings, <coughs> we, as always, are going to start with what we've been up to in a section we've rather unimaginatively been calling Home News. <laughs> home News. So what have we been up to this week? Well, this week, I've done a lot of food-making things, haven't I? This you week? have. You've made some croissants. I did. Properly. It took me about three, three days. four days. Mm -hmm. But they came out really well, so I'm very proud of myself. And I'm feeling super empowered. <laughs> <laughs> you kept calling yourself a hero last night. It's because I am. Because <laughs> I managed to laminate the pastry. <laughs> yeah, so I made some kick-ass croissants. And I've also been making quite a lot of cheese <laughs> you have. in the last week. Yeah, you, you kind of decided to make a cheese that you didn't like. Yeah, well, it's just because I wanted to do it so I could uh, say I've done it, you know. Yeah, but now we've got a load of cheese in the fridge, which you don't like. Well, you can have it. Yeah, but I'm not that fond of it either. Yeah, fair enough. We'll just get rid of it. <laughs> so what, what effectively you did was make a cheese to prove that you didn't like it. Yeah, well, I made a cheese to make the cheese because I thought it was fun. And then I just didn't want to eat it afterwards. <laughs> I mean, could you not have made a cheese that we'd like? Yeah, next time. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I will make a cheese that we can eat. <laughs> I wasn't sure whether I liked it or not when I've tried it before, but having tried this one that I've made, I've decided that I don't like it at all. <laughs> so, yeah, I personally feel like my week's been quite productive. Um, oh, I tried to do that thing that we spoke about on the last episode, the dopamenu, if, if you heard about it. If you didn't, go and listen to it. <laughs> I tried to make myself one of those, which started well and then went downhill Descended very quickly. into madness. Yeah, like I, I made some notes on my phone of ideas to go on it. And then when it came to actually putting it onto a paper like menu thing, I thought, oh, I'll design it so it looks like a proper restaurant menu. And I got partway through writing my kind of meal choices down and then I just got really fed up and I ended up kind of scrolling some things and then throwing it in the bin so 
<laughs> I didn't have the patience to finish the dope menu. <laughs> Which is the cruel irony of it, really. Yeah, it? but uh, at least I've got it on my phone still. I think it was also because it wasn't looking very good and it wasn't looking as nice as I wanted it to, as in, you know, like a flawless, perfect menu. And so I thought, oh, well, screw it, then I'm not going to finish it. I think that's more or less been my week. And as we found out, my week has been negligible. (laughs) So let's see how other people's weeks have been getting on as we start looking at some of the articles which have piqued our curiosity. And the first article we're going to look at today was from the Wiltshire Times, and it was published on the 28th of January. And the title is Boy Races Awareness of Autism with Postbox Piglets Competition. So there's a 12-year-old. Cool. Cool, yeah. (laughs) And the next story. (laughs) That is all. That was it. (laughs) There is a 12-year-old. But no, so there's a a 12-year-old who's autistic, ADHD, and he's got Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is kind of quite a lot of hypermobility. And for a while now, he's been making tiny little piglet ornaments for the last two years, apparently, to raise money for charities. And he's raised, it says, around £1,000, which is pretty solid. I can't say I've managed to raise that much by myself for any reason. Folks, we're about three seconds away from Chloe mentioning the word Kilimanjaro. (laughs) Well, actually... (laughs) I'm not going to say it now. Fair play to him because raising a thousand pounds for charity is hard. I can say from experience. There you go. So right now they're running a competition to win one of ten handmade neurodiversity pigs, which are all very sweet. Let me show you a picture. Picture. A picture. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're very cute and rainbowy and cute. <laughs> yeah. One of ten to win and details for that are on postboxpiglets.co.uk I can tell you the details if you want because I looked into it (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you did because I was going to enter because I want a pig (laughs) (laughs) basically all they want you to do is like post their post about the competition onto your own social media so share it link it put it on a story and sort of maybe comment on who you would want to win a pig for and why and that's pretty much all you have to do. And then if you do win one, they just ask that you take a picture with it so that they can they can post all the winners together on um on social media afterwards. So it's pretty pretty easy to enter. It's it's more than that as well, isn't it? Because it says later on that actually crafting for him is quite painful. Yeah. Because of his his conditions. That he can, he's like, it causes kind of, as you said, hypermobility and like stiffness and stuff in your joints, doesn't it? And so him actually using his hands to create these tiny things is quite uncomfortable for him. But it also helps kind of keep him, keep his hands kind of mobile. And um, 
work is like fine motor control and stuff like that, isn't it? So he's, he's you know, he's doing it because he enjoys it and he's doing it to raise money, which is really good. But there's that added kind of level of difficulty for him, I suppose, that I think makes it even more, even more cool that he's doing it. Also, I've just found out that even if you don't win the competition, you can just buy them. Oh, cool. £3.50 It's pretty sweet. So if you don't fancy your chances of winning a competition, which is fair enough, then you can just buy them and also support the cause directly. Yeah. Yeah, support support Reese's name is, isn't it? Support yeah. Reese and his little project. And also they're pigs and we all love, well, I love yeah. pigs. Pigs are cute. Very pig positive on this program. Go and buy all the pigs now. Thank you. Yeah, that, I mean, that's basically your attitude towards guinea pigs as well. It's like <laughs> Go multiple times you said, I want all of the guinea pigs. Yeah, I want all the pigs, big and small. <laughs> <laughs> pigs, pigs, big and small. <laughs> Auntie Chloe wants them all. <laughs> that's a very small pig, so it counts, though. It's still a small pig. Pocket pig. All right, let's move on to the second article we've got, which was published on the 27th of January on watoday.com.au. Boy, Australian websites. Just have a .au. Like, it's not difficult. Gosh. Why do you need .com.au? Strange place. And the uh, article's title is Can't Stand Tags and Tight Waistbands, Try Sensory Friendly Clothing. To which we'd, everyone would just say, uh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the trouble is, as this article kind of goes into, is that sensory friendly clothing is not really a thing. <laughs> no, well, not on purpose. Yeah, like. Per se, but, it, but it's like going, can't stand drowning, try swimming. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the kind of point that it makes is that sensory friendly clothing could be more widespread. But like, it also kind of says that it's not going to be, which is sort of true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you consider the idea that, like, I, I think it's still about 1% of people are autistic. Mm. So it's not going to be profitable. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> and then, you know, each of us have our own very specific sensory needs when it comes to clothing. So if you know, if you went, oh, it's a sensory-friendly brand, it might not necessarily work for... You might have only given it to a couple of people yeah. who all liked it, but maybe they were, you know, the minority when it comes to that particular thing. Like microfiber, for instance... It can be fine, but it can also be very awful. It depends on who you ask. Yeah, there's a few things that I definitely related to in this article, right? And that basically there was a mention that this this person actually just lives basically in like active wear clothing, and like I totally understand that. As soon as I read it, I was like, I get it, because it's not like constricting in any way. And it's high-waisted. That's a really important thing. I hate not high-waisted trousers. 
because they just feel really like constricting around my, my tummy. And I like them. I like them to be nice and high and sit right up. And I also don't like it when, you know, like if you bend down or if you're doing stuff during the day, if your trousers kind of slip down a bit and you end up with a gap in between your trouser waistband and your top. Like that really bothers me for some reason. <laughs> so if you have high-waisted trousers, then you kind of avoid avoid that somewhat. And, you know, it was saying about how things like that can be like a distraction for people and can reduce productivity and, you know, it can even make, say, kids with autism, um, well, neurodivergent kids, take longer to get dressed and things because they don't like putting their clothes on. And it's like all this stuff was <laughs> just like reading about myself because I know when I'm at work, if my clothes are uncomfortable... If I feel like my waistband isn't in the right place <laughs> or if there's a gap between my trousers and my top, it drives me insane and like I want to go and sort it out and it just really annoys me. Same thing as like if if I'm getting dressed and sometimes <laughs> sometimes I will have, you know, you know what I'm like with real issues with putting my trousers on because I'll get them to a certain point and then I just don't want to. I don't want to go any further because it feels like too much effort and it's too constricting. And so the thing about kids, you know, taking longer to get dressed because the clothes are uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> yeah, and like, especially with tags and labels and yeah. things. Yeah, they're the, they're the notorious baddies, aren't they? Yeah, they're the first things to go yeah. whenever I get any sort of new t-shirt. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't bother me as much in T-shirts, but they get me in trousers. Like if there's a tag mm. in the back of your trousers and it's pressing kind of like on your lower back or something. No. Gotta go. Hate. Hatred. I mean, it makes things difficult when you need to try and find out what size you are. Yeah. That's why it's nice when, like the article said, if if companies print the size tag on the actual clothes... I like that. Yeah, other other things some companies do is have like sort of stickers, like fabricy stickers. Yeah, that can just be peeled off. Yeah, but yeah, it's a tough one because it's like you said, it's very specific, and I think there's probably some things like the tags that irritate most of us, mm. <laughs> but there's other things that would be would be quite particular and that's that's never gonna necessarily be introduced into you know your high street shops and high street brands and things like that because it's too complicated for them isn't it but what i will say is active wear is a great shout like active leggings and things i find them really breathable and really nice and like i like tight fitting trousers but they're not like solid they're quite flexible mm -hmm. which is nice also dungarees. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say that's kind of the poster child for yeah. sensory-friendly clothes. Dungarees are great. I mean, they're, they're great because they're comfortable. They're not so great if you're out and, you know, you need to go to the bathroom or something. They can be a bit of a pain. But <laughs> dungarees are great and I'm happy I discovered them because <laughs> they're nice and loose and comfy. It's like wearing a onesie but outside. So, yeah recommend that if you if you struggle with your clothes also quite handily uh dungarees are very non-gender specific 
Which is nice because, like, that's another whole thing. And they've got that pockets. They do. They have big pockets. Big enough for guinea pigs, in fact. Yeah. <laughs> we <We're> tested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but small guinea pigs, not, like, enormous ones. Yeah. Like a, a, a teeny pig. <laughs> but um, that's another thing with, I think, women's clothes in particular, that you tend to get weird shaping on them and every place does different sizes. Yeah, they're very unpredictable, aren't they? Yeah, so like you could go into one place and you could find a pair of trousers that is really comfortable. Then you go into another shop and you get the same size and suddenly like the waistband's really tight or it's really tight around your thighs or, you know, they're just generally too small. Mm. And you just think like that's a nightmare for... Like sensory, sensoriness, because it's like it's very rare to find clothes, especially as a woman, that fit everywhere properly. You've usually got to sacrifice something, and because I can't deal with like constricting clothes, usually I have to oversize a little bit. And so, at least somewhere they're going to be too big for me. <laughs> it's a but, complicated. But dungarees just go over the whole lot. Yeah, they do. Doesn't matter. Some people like wearing tight clothes, but if you wear something that's a bit tight and you're neurodivergent, then you can feel like you're actually suffocating in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's awful. Well, when I was younger, I had a real issue wearing like ties. Yeah. And like, even I mean, even today, if I have got to wear like a like a, a suit shirt, I kind of need to have the, like the top button not done up. I yeah. mean, I can kind of hide it. It doesn't need to be like open, open. But I I don't like the kind of constricting feeling of a tie. Yeah. My main issue used to be socks. I couldn't wear my socks the right way around because the seam on the end, kind of where where it sits on your toes, um, used to drive me insane. So for years and years, I had to wear my socks inside out so that that seam didn't press on my toes. (laughs) (laughs) It used to really annoy me. (laughs) And yet you still didn't figure out you were autistic until well, no. not long ago. I know. <laughs> Honestly, Doctor, there were no signs. <laughs> yeah, I had to wear my socks inside out for about 10 years of my life <laughs> because I didn't like the seam. I think I had an issue with, I used to have this horrible thing about like my nails coming off. Um, and I think, like, feeling anything touching my fingers or toenails would send me into, like, this meltdown. <laughs> and so I think part of it was, like, having this seam rubbing on my toenails made me think that it was going to, like, rip them off or something. <laughs> Very weird. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think we should probably move on to uh, some of the events that are going on in the next week around the UK. Uh, the first one we've got for you is on the 8th of February, between 10 and 11 in the morning. The Hole in the Wand, which is wizard-themed crazy golf in York, are doing autism-friendly sessions. Now, this is only the first of the year there are others happening on the 21st of april 10th of june 23rd of august 12th of october and the 18th of december but uh during these sessions 
it says that house lights will remain on throughout the venue, smell units will be turned off, the soundtrack will also be turned off, limited numbers, uh, staff will be on hand to answer any questions, and there's a chance to walk around the venue before starting your game. That sounds very nice. Yeah, and it's uh, four ninety nine per person. So yeah, the hole in the wand itself is uh, a wizard-themed golf course, which is legally distinct enough from other popular wizard properties to, <laughs> I think, be okay mentioning on a <laughs> rather trans-positive podcast. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I got around that rather well. Yeah, very subtle. Mm. Well, I like the sound of that, and to be honest, I like the sound of going to see the the non autism friendly version as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I I reckon if you're okay with things being a bit more spooky, then feel like go to go to the regular version. But if you're not, and you know someone who's not, why not take them for a fun wizardy crazy golf? That's, That's not putting money into the pockets of you-know-who. <laughs> well, I was going to say that's that's more sensory sensory kind. but Oh, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Mm-hmm. Again, that is on the 8th of February, but that's one of one, two, three, four, five, six sessions throughout the year. Uh, the next one we've got for you is happening on Saturday, the 10th of February. And it's our old friends at NeuroHikes, which Yay. is a hiking group for neurodivergent people in Sussex. So this is happening between 11 in the morning and 2 in the afternoon. And they're walking around Pevensey Castle in East Sussex. And it's about a five mile hike. So two and a half to three hours of actual walking. Uh, meeting time is between 10.45 and 11. And they're meeting at Pevensey Railway Station. Is that anywhere near where the Pevensey blue cheese comes from? <laughs> I don't know. That seems like a thing for you to check out. But yeah, uh, more details are available on Eventbrite. If you Google NeuroHikes Eventbrite, that will probably help. Adding in the word Pevensey will probably take your clicking down to one. But yeah, that's happening on the 10th. It is... They graze on the Pevensey Levels Nature Reserve, which is right next to Pevensey Castle. Oh, okay. And then the last thing we've got for you today is happening from the 12th of February to the 16th of February. So this isn't technically next week, it's the week after, but we've learned our lesson about mentioning stuff, which is on the direct Monday. Yeah. <laughs> so we've given you a bit of extra warning for this. So this uh, is a run of autis- autism-friendly performances of Twelfth Night. So this is run by a Flute Theatre at the Riverside Studios in Hammersmith in London. And it's more of an experience than actually going to the theatre, so it's not like going to see an autistic-friendly performance of Merchant of Venice, mm-hmm. for instance. Although that's, I'd, I'd say Shakespeare stuff is fairly autism-friendly because it's just talking. <laughs> I don't know. It's not very ADHD friendly, though. No. (laughs) So the idea is that up to 12 autistic individuals become the participants for each performance. I'm just kind of reading out what they've got here. They sit with uh, seven actors in a circle on the stage, and then there's kind of sensory games, and the performance is adapted to the specific needs of each of the participants. 
Sounds pretty cool. So I think it's more about creating like the world of Twelfth Night and like bringing the the people watching it into that world and then helping them to experience it rather than just putting on a play with slightly lower volumes. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool because it's also a good thing for autistic people who are in the creative industry, which as we've discussed a few times previously, there tends to be quite a few. Um, and so, you know, getting them involved in a kind of theatre environment, especially if they're young, you know, that's a pretty good thing for yeah. them, I think. But yeah, that is, um, it says uh, five pounds per family, but I get the feeling that it's the idea that if you've got one autistic person in the family, then they're the one taking part and the rest of the family is just there. So we'll call it five pounds per participant. Mm. It's running every day from the 12th to the 16th of February. There are two sessions each day. There's one at 10.30 for people 10 years and younger, and then one at 2 o'clock for people 11 plus. And it says there's no maximum age limit. Hmm. So you could get 12 pensioners <laughs> doing it. But yeah, we'll call it £5 per participant. And there are no online bookings for this, apparently. But you can go to riversidestudios.co.uk for more details. But the number you want to call is 0208 237 1010. But again, go on to riversidestudios.co.uk and all the details and then some are right there. All the deets. All the deets <laughs> are right there for your delectation. <laughs> But there we go. That's all of the interesting things we've come across on the internet this last week. If you can't remember a single word of what we've been talking about, which is fair enough, we do talk quite a lot of weird <laughs> You can go and follow our Instagram page at The Autistic Experience, which has references to all of the articles and events we've covered. So you can go and find them yourselves, read them yourselves, and probably press the appropriate buttons to book yourselves onto any of those things. But for now, I think it's about time we be off because we've probably got something to do with guinea pigs right now. Or something to eat. Or something to eat. It's usually one of the two. <laughs> yeah, either eat or guinea pigs. You don't want to get those two mixed up. <laughs> Otherwise, you were in Peru. I was going to say. <laughs> Paddington. <laughs> Paddington's probably eaten a guinea pig, let's be honest. Yeah. He comes from like... Peruvian rainforest. He's a bear He's as well. He's a bear as well. He will have eaten guinea pig. That changes my yeah, whole it view It doesn't on come across in the film, does it? No. <laughs> That's not a face you look at and go, he's eating guinea pig. <laughs> well, if he's proper Peruvian, then apparently they worship them over there. Yeah. Not like literally, but they celebrate the guinea pig. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't have done it maliciously. He would have done it with respect to the guinea pig. The guinea pig community. <laughs> 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 I'm imagining like um like the herd of guinea pigs offering up a tribute every like X amount of time. It's <laughs> so, like this is our tribute to feed Paddington. <laughs> I'm just imagining more like a ritual just of guinea pigs. One of them lying on a like a sacrificial altar oh, Lord. before a giant statue of Paddington. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> like this is our sacrifice. For today oh, to God. appease the great Paddington. 
<laughs> and with that mental image, we'll leave you to it. So we'll see you again next week at noon British time for another episode of The Autistic Experience. You can go follow us on Instagram at The Autistic Experience for references to everything we've talked about. Apart from the worst of Paddington Yeah, apart from God. that, obviously. But, uh, that's, that's just not been us. historically confirmed no, yet. Not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Give it time. Give it time. It'll be out on the Daily Mail. Go, <laughs> Paddington shame. <laughs> Famous bear pictured eating guinea pig. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you next week. I've been Kieran. She's been Chloe. And as always, you go get that free lunch. You really accelerated through that one, didn't you? <laughs> you get the free lunch. <laughs> like Doppler shifted to go, you go get that free lunch. <laughs> it's like if you hear the offer of like, there's a free you lunch. Free lunch. <laughs> You've got to be quick. you got to get the free yeah, lunch quick. That's the sort of speed we're moving at when we go and get that free lunch. <laughs> You're gonna go there for a <laughs> <laughs>